everyone, and welcome to the Talk They Hear You podcast, What Parents Are Saying, Prevention Wisdom, Authenticity, and Empowerment. I'm Debbie Burnt, Director of Parent Movement 2.0, and I'll be your host. I am so excited about our guests and about this episode. We have teenagers on the call with us today. They're all high school students, and they come from a program called Substance-Free Athletics. In addition to hosting this awesome Talk They Hear You podcast, I work with this program and it's focused on youth substance use prevention and it's targeted at high school athletes. The organization has a teen athlete leadership council that helps direct the program. And today we welcome four of those teen leaders from that council to the podcast. So hi everybody. Hi. How's it going? Good. It has been a privilege to work with you guys this whole year. You've been amazing. You've made some amazing contributions to the program. And today it is a thrill to have you here on the podcast. So let's go around and just have you introduce yourselves. Tell us your first name, what grade you're in, what state you live in, and what sports you play. Jump in. My name is Wyatt. I'm from California. I'm in 12th grade and I play football and lacrosse. Hi, I'm Hannah. I'm from Massachusetts. I'm a senior in high school and I play ice hockey. My name is Archer. I'm in California. I'm a 10th grader and I play golf. Hi, my name is Maddie. I'm from Connecticut. I'm in grade 12. I'm a senior and I run year round. So I do cross country, indoor and outdoor track. Fabulous. It's great. A lot of sports covered. We have one winter sport, several spring sports. So everyone's in season right now or about to be. But before we dive into sports and the program itself, why don't you guys just tell me a little bit about what it's like to be in high school these days relative to drugs and alcohol? Is it a big deal? Can you stay away from it? What's the peer pressure scene like? Just any general thoughts about that? I can start. So just like general thoughts around that. I live in California. I don't know how it was in the past, but I feel like it's fairly easy to get access to substances. But I will say that in my time in high school, I haven't come across peer pressure or other people peer pressuring. I feel people like they've been taught not to do that. So for the most part, it's not really peer pressure, but it is around most of the time if you're in like those circles. I disagree. And building off of that, I think that majority of people at my school, they understand how drugs and alcohol have an impact on your body. But I think that there's a difference in understanding how much drugs and alcohol have an impact on your body. I think that's the discrepancy there at my school. Yeah, I agree with both Maddie and White with the there's access to it everywhere. I go to a really small private school that's K through 12. So it's not as big of an issue at my school per se, but some of the bigger public schools around my area, it is and it's more prevalent. But I think peer pressure has kind of gone down for sure. That's not as big of an issue as completely understanding what drugs and alcohol can do to your body. Interesting. Yeah, I totally agree with all of them with everything that they said. I'd also like to add that even if you are at any sort of party or function with friends, I wouldn't say like easy to steer away, but you definitely can if you have that ingrained in yourself. But I can see if you're pretty neutral on the issue of substances and drugs that you could easily be kind of pressured into it. Not as much pressure, but you can easily get put into it by like in a scenario. 
it's there. So it sounds like it's easy to engage with if you're motivated to or feel any pressure about it whatsoever. And Archer, you're a little bit younger, right? You're a sophomore? Yes. Do you think, and let me just ask all of you, do you think it's different when you're younger than when you're older? Or is it all kind of the same? I definitely think it's different age group wise. Uh, I'm friends with Wyatt. I know him pretty well. And I've hung out with him and his friends a few times. It definitely differs. Like if I'm just hanging out with some of my friends versus if it's like a school wide function or something, then it's definitely easier based on how old you are and what they get into, how old you get. You guys agree? Older? Yeah, I have a younger brother who's a sophomore actually. And I just think about looking at younger grades and then there's kids in my class that are very much over 18 it's not like you can legally get anything but there's just easier access just technically being an adult rather than being like 16 there's definitely a big jump and that also comes with like a jump in understanding and maturity so i think it's important to like educate for sure younger grades yeah i agree i think from what i can tell when you are older you tend to have older friends as well. So there's more exposure to it. But people in senior year, there's just more access to it because they know people from other grades that are like back from college or something where they're just more exposed to it. So it does happen around like the individual more. It's interesting that you guys said all that. I kind of thought you would have said that you felt more pressure when you were younger and less pressure when you were older, which I guess maybe could be true, but you're really saying when you get older, you're just starting to have an older perspective. And the older you get, the more alcohol in particular and drugs potentially start coming onto the radar screen. Did I understand? Yeah. Yeah. I know that parents are going to be glad that they heard your opinions about kind of generally the drugs and alcohol scene, but let me switch into substance-free athletics and ask you how you describe the program and what motivated you to take more of a leadership role in it. I'll start. So I was kind of exposed to the whole substance-free choosing not to use movement from freshman year by Mrs. Burnt, actually. It was like just something with my high school. I think it was a club, I believe. So I was in that for a little bit, went to a couple meetings, see what that was all about and chose not to use. And then I got in connection with Ethan and Mark last year. I played lacrosse with them and they kind of started this whole substance-free athletics youth part of it. And I was really inspired by them. They kind of like lit the torch for me and I liked what they were doing with the whole program. So I started to work with Mrs. Burnt to get more involved and we ended up here with the whole leadership council and giving presentations and going state to state. It's been, it's been a great journey. It's cool. Go ahead, Hannah. Okay. Mine's a little bit different because I'm coming from the East coast, but I work with a nonprofit called the Heron Project, which is Chris Heron's nonprofit against substance abuse and recovery. He was a professional basketball player and there's a ton of information on that story, but I'm on the youth ambassador group there. So I'm the publicity chair 
And each year we have to do a passion project. And being a high school student, I think you reached out, Debbie, about substance mm-hmm. free athletics. And the people that were kind of in charge of the youth ambassador group were said, oh, this is such a Hannah thing to do. So it blended my mental health student athlete opinions and work with more substance use, which has been really fun. And so now I get to help out from the East Coast with substance free athletics. And although I can't like be at anything, I still get to help out and do some of the social media stuff. And so I'm really excited. I likewise to Wyatt, I kind of also had someone, but it was him that kind of fostered me into the program. He sent out an email and I thought it was a really cool thing, freshman year, just like him. And I decided if I want to be the best at what I'm doing, then this is a way to limit some of the risks. And obviously substances have a lot of downsides, very, very little upside. So it's an easy way to get better at what you're doing. And so I really like the cause, the issue, and so I decided to join. For me, I am in a youth advisory council, and there's another club called Reach, deals with students and outreach to talk about drugs and alcohol. And so I work really closely with Allie in our community and also my athletic director, but I first sophomore year got a presentation by substance free athletics in my cross country season and then my athletic director reached out to us asking if we wanted to join this council and so i decided to do that as well and i participated in the zoom calls and the training and everything and although like hannah i'm on the east coast and i'm not physically there i've been able to do outreach in my community by helping out with red ribbon week and Definitely talking about posters and talking about the training and everything and having, trying to get more sports at my school to participate in the training. So. Okay. You guys all sound, when you're a teenager, she sounds so competent. This is one of the reasons it's been so great working with you guys. Just mindful, articulate, thoughtful. There's just so much here. And it sounds like you have peers that agree and peers that want to be substance free. Is it important to find those peers? Is it important to know that there's others like you across the country? Any thoughts about that? I have a huge thought about that actually. So like with, with Mark and Ethan last year, it kind of felt like I was like out on an Island, you know, it didn't really know anyone else that kind of shared the same goals as me or the same, I guess, moral code. And then I met those two in lacrosse and they were like, yeah, like, like we don't, like, we don't do anything. Like we still have a ton of fun. I was like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> it felt really reassuring to me that there was other people out there and kind of like, I wasn't an outlier or I was kind of normal. If that makes sense. It totally makes sense. Yeah. It's definitely been really helpful finding other people who have the same views as I do. And I think it's especially important when it's your teammates who also agree with you, because knowing that your teammates are making good decisions and support your own decisions, I think it really builds team camaraderie and encouragement between one another, because you know that everyone else is doing their part to make the team the best they can, and you're also doing the best that you can to make the team as successful as possible. Awesome. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way as with Wyatt and Maddie. Like, it originally was kind of, I guess, a little lonesome. Going into freshman year, the whole, like, 
experience of high school and they're supposed to like have these huge parties where everyone's drinking using substances and knowing that i personally didn't want to do that and the whole stereotype like oh you can't have as much fun without doing that having a bunch of peers and friends who liam who isn't on this call he especially who's in substance free athletics with me is it's cool because even when we're at parties together or things where there's other people doing stuff like that and we can just be on our own little group and we find people that are also the same way as us and we're just we can kind of have each other in a little group and not have to succumb to everything like that i think also like i obviously agree with all of you but i think also when you talk about it and you make it aware that you choose not to participate in substance use that more people are more honest with you and also don't do that as much as substance use is a huge issue and a huge topic in our generation there are definitely people that don't participate in it and there's like more than you would think teenagers and drug use is not as big of a stereotype as it is portrayed and so i think with being more aware of your own choice not to use substances you can find more people that are in agreement with that i agree with that i just want to add one more thing so i was hanging out and there was somebody that i've known since freshman or since like fifth grade and we've gone and hung out together and done a bunch of stuff. And I always thought like I was kind of the only one that wasn't drinking or smoking or doing anything like that. And then he was like, no, I haven't touched anything this whole time. And I thought he had. And it's more of a low key thing. Nobody really says it, but there are other people. But when you're like vulnerable and you're able to kind of explain your story to other people, there's other people that are in the same boat as you. It's just a little harder to find. I have so many things I want to ask you guys going off that, but I'm going to stick to my script right now and I'll circle back. But so I think we, Maddie, your team saw the Substance Reathletics program, Wyatt, your football team saw it. Did you guys see any impact from the team? And I know, Maddie, you just said it's great to know that your team feels the same way because then you know you're all operating at the, the same level towards the same goal. But did you see anything else? Do you think it made a difference? Were there conversations with your team about it? Yes, there was definitely some conversations with my team. After cross country and the presentation, I had my other captain, she pulled me aside and she was like, I want to make sure that everybody is making the right decisions because there's some things in our handbook about if you're not even participating in the substance, but someone is caught and they are participating, then you will get suspended even if you're not the one who's making those decisions. We had a conversation about making sure that we're with each other and we're not making the wrong decisions or anything. And um, and if we are in proximity with someone that we leave the situation and we get out of there and we just find each other as a team. So that was definitely a conversation that we had. And then overall with team meetings and we just talk about our goals for the team and and we know that it's making the right decisions to get us there so yeah that's awesome yeah Wyatt did you have some dad yeah so for me I want to share a story where I had a teammate actually come up to me it was about a week later just because this was super impactful for me he came up to me a week later after the presentation and he shook my hand he was like 
Wyatt, I want to thank you so much for that presentation. He said he didn't know what the warning signs were or what it kind of looked like to be abusing weed or anything like that. And then after the presentation, he kind of realized, I feel the effects. I need to stop this. And he vowed to me, like, I've quit. I haven't touched it in a week. Like, after your presentation, I've given it all up. And I heard that and I felt really proud because I was like, what we're doing is actually making a difference. It's not just some presentation that we get up and give. It's actually making a difference on people's lives. Okay. <laughs> that's amazing. That's really, that's amazing. And I think the the peer component of that is so powerful. I mean, you guys have kind of talked to it a lot already, um, but your friends knowing that they have friends that believe this, the power in that is just pretty, oh, it's pretty amazing. Ah. Okay, so we have this other concept, I think it's been mentioned a couple of times, called Protect Your Game. That's part of the Substance Free Athletic Program. You guys on the council turned that into the Protect Your Game Challenge last summer. And I thought it was brilliant. And we have some social media that throws out ideas and things for people that are following us to do. Was there anything about the protect your game idea or is there anything really about just talking about substances in a context? This one is obviously sports that you think makes it easier, more palatable, or just what do you think is resonating in all of that? I'll talk about this because this was something that I was like really into over the summer. I think that when, when I think about my, how my brain processes things, I always circle it back to hockey because I've been playing hockey since I was younger than I can remember. And it's just always been something that is really easy for my brain to digest. So I think as soon as I put things in terms of hockey for me or for my teammates or any sport for whatever athlete it is, as soon as you equate it to something that's really important to you, the subject gets all the more important. So when you start to do things and compare it to how could this affect how I play hockey for me and I think for every other student athlete that was really important and like eye-opening because it really there truly is a big difference and the protector game thing kind of makes that a lot more obvious because it it relates it directly back to sports yeah I 100% agree with what Hannah said like when you relate it to something that's helpful for you definitely you can see how issue effects and the presentation that you gave this burnt about how long some substances actually stay in your system thinking about that and that's crazy for some of our sports when people go out and they think that oh this is a weekend i just had a game we can party all this whole weekend and then i'll be good for the week again for practice and how specifically when you were talking about marijuana and how long it stays in your system and how long it can actually affect you it's crazy to think how long your performance can actually be hurt by specifically marijuana. Yeah. I just want to say I agree with both of them. And I also think it's personal. People are more likely to follow it. That's what I feel. And I think when we like created a brand for it, so it's not just kind of in the dark and a few individuals here and there following it. I think when we create the brand and we have stickers, things for people to show that they're following it. I think it becomes a lot easier and for people to say that they are doing it and that they're proud to be doing it. 
awesome yeah and i also think that with the protect your game challenge i like how it's kind of coupled with their impactful you know scientific statistics and but they're just little bits of it but you can still they still make a really big impact and just even just on the posts on social media and i think it sticks with you it's definitely stuck with people at my school and myself and especially with thinking about how alcohol and how it impairs muscle recovery it's like if you're not making right decisions over the weekend you're not going to be ready for practice the next week because your muscles haven't fully repaired or you haven't recovered the best way that you could to set you up for you know a successful week of training and i just think that the protect your game challenge it's a really good constant reminder and also with the stickers i see it on people's water bottles at my school and i also see the drawstring bags and everything that people are using so it's definitely still pretty prevalent in my school and i think it just goes along with the idea that knowledge is power and with this knowledge that people are really like making the right decisions and becoming better athletes and better people that's awesome i know some of you need to go here pretty soon. So this is a podcast for parents, right? So let me just end with asking you all, what would you like from your parents or parents in general relative to alcohol and drugs? Is there anything we should know from the teenage high school perspective? Or is there anything we could do to support you better? Any thoughts along those lines? I'd kind of like to jump in here. A part of it that I know it doesn't really fully relate to athletics. It might just be a little bit of my opinion, but honestly, kind of leading by example and stuff, where a lot of parents, like even when you have little get-togethers with family, friends, there's a whole culture of, oh, we're going to break out a nice wine and nice whiskey for the, the parents and we're going to all sit. You guys can go do whatever you want, but we're going to go sit and then go drink and we'll stay there. And honestly, like some of the times it does get to a point where it's just to frankly just call it out. They're too incapacitated. So they're past a point where it's just like sipping and tasting where you have to have your kid who has his permit drive you home or call an Uber and leave that, the car at the house. Right. Just leading by example a little more would help. I love it. <laughs> just straightforward. Wyatt, you got anything? Yeah, I want to jump in. So, okay, I'm the youngest of five. So I've seen a lot of different experiences throughout my family. But like through it all, I think the one thing that has made the biggest impact on all of us is that my parents have been super open, honest, and we have a great line of communication. So it's just being there for each other. So if you're in a situation where you feel uncomfortable, you Uber, you get picked up. And it's just like being able to have those tough conversations with your son or with your daughter. That's really important because drugs and alcohol, they are a thing that can happen and it makes no sense just to kind of ignore it. So I would say if there was one thing to do as a parent, it would be to honestly have your like son or daughter and just like give them this presentation so they know this is the thing that's happening. This is the effects. Like you need to make your own decision and you need to be smart about it. We have research out there that tells parents that their influence does really matter to their kids. And as a parent, sometimes you don't believe that. You think that maybe your kids aren't hearing you, but I'm hearing from you guys that your parents do make an impact and they do influence your thinking 
Am I hearing that correctly? 100%, yeah. Okay. Hannah and Maddie, is there anything else you would add? Yeah. So my mom's a social worker, actually, and she's always worked with drugs and alcohol and clients that have issues related to drugs and alcohol. And one of her big things throughout my childhood has been we have uncomfortable conversations. And now, like being almost an adult, I can say clearly and honestly, like my mom is one of my best friends. So I really appreciate our line of communication for sure. And that we've had these uncomfortable conversations in regards to heavier topics like drugs and alcohol. And I know that whenever, wherever I can call her and she would pick me up and drop anything or that she would, depending on where I am, like my grandparents could pick me up or there's someone else I could call. Just she doesn't really care as much about the actual drugs and alcohol as long as I'm safe. Mm -hmm. And I think just one, I've been exposed to her line of work. So I've seen families for sure struggle with this and honestly just an open dialogue and open conversation about this issue goes a long way because I'm not really scared of it but I'm aware of it yeah I think that's definitely all because of my mom for sure and I'm really thankful for it that's excellent with my parents I think that when it comes to discussions about drugs and alcohol they tell me that it's bad for me and that's kind of all the conversation that we've had about it who's been really an influence is my aunt she's definitely like she has those kinds of conversations with me and she lets me know that there's if there's anything that i need then i go to her or if if i can call her and i think with my parents it's almost like drugs and alcohol are bad like don't be around it completely but that's not really reality especially as a high school student and i think that my aunt understands that it's reality that you are in situations like that sometimes and if if i'm ever uncomfortable then i call her and she she will be there for me in an instant and so that's definitely really nice to know but yeah i definitely agree with you know parents having impact on everything all of you have said is brilliant and i really like that idea maddie and and just thinking of the parents that might be listening right now calling on other family members or relying on other family members to do some of this parenting work, if you will. It sounds like your aunt is really comfortable talking to you about that and the fact that she's a part of your life and she's inserting herself in your life in this way is fantastic. Yeah. It's really great. Okay. You guys, seriously, like I said, it's been such a pleasure working with you. And every time I get to talk to you, I feel like I gain better, broader perspective. It's always good. Let's go ahead and end, but let me just ask if there's anything else that you would want to say or any other thoughts that you have at this point. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Much, yeah. Oh, you guys, so welcome. Really just love it. It was such a good episode. Thank you so much. The Substance Free Athletics Program appreciates your work and contribution this year. We will miss you, but look forward to staying in touch and knowing what comes next for all of you because we know it's going to be great. So there's so much I can think of to say to parents right now. I'm sure as listeners, you're all thinking it as well. Everything from this idea of vulnerability is so fascinating. Kids being vulnerable with kids and sharing that they are not interested in substances with each other. The opportunity to be vulnerable ourselves as their parents, share with them how we're feeling about things. The idea of drugs and alcohol becoming more real 
when it is applied or put in context to what our kids value and how our kids see themselves, whether it's as an athlete or a performer or an artist or an academic or whatever their identities are, it seems like framing drugs and alcohol in that context can have some impact, possibly greater impact. And I think as our parents, we, we're in a great position to help translate that because we know them, we know them pretty well. And I did love that our influence matters because it's just hard to believe that sometimes when you have a bunch of high school kids, they are masters at making us believe as parents that our input is not welcome or needed or useful. And in fact, we have research that says it is, and now we have these amazing kids telling us the same thing. So thank you for listening to us today. And we want to remind our listeners that all Talk They Hear You materials, including this podcast, can be found on the Talk They Hear You website, which is talktheyhearyou, all spelled out, dot SAMHSA, dot gov. SAMHSA is spelled S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov. Please share this site and this podcast with your friends. The more we can be in conversation with each other, the better for everyone, especially our kids. And we would like to hear from you. Would you like to be on our show? Do you have stories to share or tips and techniques that have worked or not worked for you as a parent? Do you have questions for us or any feedback on topics or improvements of any kind? We know that your input will help us design the most useful interviews possible. For any of this, please contact us at whatparentsaresaying at gmail.com. Again, all spelled out, whatparentsaresaying at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Talk They Hear You is a national prevention campaign that aims to help parents and caregivers talk with their kids about the dangers and risks of underage drinking and other drug use. As a reminder, the views expressed here are not necessarily those of SAMHSA or the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next time.